Hey dreamers, my guest today is making his dreams come true by inspiring others to do what they love. Dreamers, I give you Derek Kwa. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, man. You're very welcome. Thank you for taking the time. Um, what time is it there? Where, where, where are you living at the moment, anyway? Um, I'm based in Singapore. In Singapore. What time is it in Singapore? Just after midnight. Oh, oh it's just afternoon here. Oh, man. I'm so, I'm so sorry that you're up so late. No, I'm, I'm pretty nocturnal. I do most of my calls around this time. Oh. <laughs> Derek, why don't you get start, uh, Derek, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Yeah, so you know, I'm all about you know, doing what you love, building life on your own terms. So I've been basically you know trying to do that with my own life. I left school at 16. Since then, I've you know, done freelance web development for a couple of years. Did a couple of virtual programs with Seth Godin. I played poker semi-professionally for a couple of years, traveled, you know, went through 10 countries in two years, um, Started, came back to Singapore a couple of years ago to start a marketing agency and you know, did that for about a year and a half and my business partner left. And so now I'm running Passion Blueprint where I you know, work to inspire and help others to do what they love by showcasing stories of people who have done it before yeah no i see you just recently started your own podcast as well yeah yeah so that's passion blueprint and that's what i'm working on at the moment that's my main focus right now well, podcasting is awesome so congratulations and welcome to the club <laughs> thanks yeah uh... it's been an interesting <laughs> journey for sure I mean, at, at the recording of this, I, I'm at, at 250 episodes. Uh, so it's we that was today. The 250th, 250th episode came out today. So for all those keeping score at home, this is probably like two two months from then, uh, or or about eight episodes. Well, actually, maybe more than eight episodes because I've I've gone to more than just one episode a week at this point too. Yeah. Um, so, what made you want to get involved with um, podcasting? Um. Well, so. After my business partner left the marketing agency, I, you know, I realized I didn't want to be doing that on my own. Like I could build a marketing agency on my own skills-wise and all, but psychologically and emotionally, I'd probably want to shoot myself after like a year, <laughs> and that's not what I wanted to do. So, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do and all, the whole message of doing what you love has been a core thing for me. It's been a core part of like my personal brand and personal story for a long time now. I've been wanting to do something in that space. And you know, I started off doing a bit of like one-on-one consultancy slash coaching, right? Trying to help people in that. And I realized that you know that's a step before that strategy aspect, right? Of actually convincing people and showing them that it's possible to do what they love because a lot of people are still in that mindset of you know it's not a possibility it's not realistic it's not practical etc and you know before talking about you know i will help you get a start on that i needed i realized i needed to work on changing that core belief and showing people that it's possible and so you know the natural way that came to my mind to do that was sharing the stories of people who are living that life 
Mm. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's part of the reason I'm here talking to you right now, doing <laughs> doing what I love. I mean, um, for yeah. those, I mean, not that no one can see this because I'm not recording the video, but Ava's sitting here on my lap because this is this is actually the first interview that she's sitting in on. So, uh, it's so far she so far so good. Uh, but you know, it, it is it's really important to do what you love, and because if you're happy, you can make other people happy, and then ha- you know it becomes a happy society, and and that to me is so 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 important uh, to be on board with, because it's just life's short, and we should be happy. Yeah, definitely. So, Derek, what, all right. So, um, well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, being a professional uh, poker player. Were you playing online or just? Uh, like locally, um, I did both. I did a, you know, this was mostly when I was traveling, so I played, you know, online a bit, and I would, you know, travel and play in like tournaments, played in the, you know, and the WPT and the no the EPT in Barcelona, played in like a tournament in Florida, a few of those, but like eighty percent of it was online, twenty thirty percent was live events. Oh, okay. Personally, well, because I I have a very good friend who actually just hung up his uh, poker playing days uh, to tough man. (laughs) You know he he made he made a lot a lot of money, but the problem was is he he's from America, and in America you can't play internationally. Um, so he would have to go and live outside of America for you know eight nine months at a time. Yeah. Uh, for like to make it work, and after I think five or six years, he's been doing it. He's he's finally ready to to hang it up, but um, or w- did hang it up, but yeah, um, that's part of the thing, right? Like everyone dreams of traveling and you know re- traveling around the world and all of that, but when you're actually doing that after a couple of years, right? There's you want kind of something more solid that you can connect to and. You know, that's your own. I went through that as well myself. (laughs) And that, you know, ended up coming back to Singapore for a bit to, like, start a business here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, I don't blame you. Uh, I I don't think I could go. I mean, he lived in, like, a bunch of different places. Um, So each time he would leave for his his nine-month tour, he would would go to a different place, like Vancouver, then Mexico, and um some other places outside of america but yeah it's it's just crazy like that people can make that kind of money and and but in order to do it you kind of leave the country uh to yeah, do it which right. is sad uh on their part yeah, I, was in, I was in america when like what the poker world terms as black friday happened <laughs> when like you know the government cracked down on online poker sites i was like studying in the states at that point so <laughs> So it was a, yeah, it sucks. It's a really, it's a law that I don't understand. <laughs> so okay, so do you, you don't have the marketing company anymore at all? Is that is that totally uh, ra- under wraps? It's kind of just up. I'm not really like pushing it. You know, if people come to us with you know a project that's interesting enough, I'll take it on. But I'm not you know particularly pushing it at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of stagnant there. Oh, that's understandable. I mean, because now you're. I mean, so what? What's some of the first steps that you took to get underway uh, with your podcast, the Passion Blueprint? Um. So with Passion Blueprint, it was, it was a long time in the making. Honestly, um, hmm. the first steps for me was probably getting guests. 
So, you know, I reached out to a bunch of people who I respected and looked up to, right? So I have, for example, the most recent episode I published was with Matthew Ebel, who's a musician who I've been following for like 10 years, one of my favorite musicians. And so, you know, I reached out to a bunch of these people to get them on the show, and I recorded about five or six episodes, and I was almost ready to go, but I hit a wall with the editing aspect. And not even like the technical part, because I know the technical part of like audio engineering and how to EQ and all of that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't make myself sit there and listen to my own voice for half an hour. Just like psychologically, that was a huge block for me. That was probably the biggest hurdle. And eventually, I have a business coach, Ishita Gupta, and eventually Ishita was just like, you know what, it's not worth your time worrying about this. Just pay someone, you know, 50 bucks an episode to do this for you. Well, you know, I, I, I'll i say this. I uh, When I started out, I edited a lot. Like, I over-edited uh, yeah. because I was like, oh, if my if my show sounds great, then people are going to want to share it. I guess they're going to be like, oh, so blown away. That, I never sounded so smart. Thank you so much, Joe. Da, 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 da. And then, um, you know, after like two years of doing that, I was like, you know, I'm ready to stop editing. So I, I just I stopped. And I don't edit yeah. anymore uh, outside of like maybe a couple little edits here and there that I'll um, I write down the timestamp. So like if, if like we had dogs or like somebody came to the door or whatever, I would like write down the timestamp from the recording yeah. and then just go back and fix that later. Other than that, like the show is what it is. I try, I'm, I'm basically running it like a live show because I ain't got time to do <laughs> editing anymore now that Ava's here, um, literally here. And of course, you're dropping your your Sophie on the ground. Um <laughs> So yeah, so it's you know you, it's time and it's energy and you know over time you get better at at um, talking on the mic, you get better at thinking on the fly, and you get better guests that that just understand how to how to talk into a mic and not and not be scared of being recorded. That uh that can be be really tough um, to deal with and contend with when you're first getting started, depending on the kind of guests that you're going after. So I, I admire that you're going after like people that you you know, that you've looked up to for so long. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, reaching out to your, I want to say idols, but that's almost a bad term because of the like deification aspect, but you know, reaching out to those people that you look up to has always been a big thing for me. Right? Like when I got started in the whole social media world back when I was, 16, you know, I just dropped out of school. I got started by emailing Seth Godin. Like, I had read his blog for three months, three or four months, and like, one day I just decided to shoot him an email with a random rant. It wasn't even a question, it was just a random one paragraph rant. And he replied saying, that's a great thought. And that eventually became my first blog post. So, like, I'm a huge believer in reaching out to your heroes because, you know, it makes you realize, firstly, that they're not that far apart from you, right? And, you know, they're still human, they're still approachable, and it really breaks down that barrier and builds your confidence. And it's such a small, quick thing that anyone can do. 
I would agree. I mean, I've been disappointed a couple times meeting some of my heroes, but for, I would say by and large, um, it, it really it, it's been a good experience. Um, yeah. So it's and so it's you know it's meant to be what it's meant to be because they're they're either real or they're not real, and you'll find out really really quick when you uh, never hear from them or or do hear from them and um and see like that. that actually my my i had a blogger guy that in my first 50 episodes that i reached out to oh we're throwing up um that i reached out to and i was dancing all around the house when he said yes i would love to be be a guest on your show um and especially so early on so uh yeah i i would say and that was actually i you know one of my favorite episodes to record it was one of the most in-depth episodes that i've uh, ever recorded for sure um so no, that, that that's awesome so are you gonna get seth on your show um i want to at some point in future you know i at this point i'm still starting off still building up and like kind of getting into a flow of things like six seven months down the line i do want to reach out to him not quite ready yet but i plan to yeah, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't hurt to to be comfortable on the mic and comfortable yeah. doing your show and and trying to be perfect. I'm like what I'm doing right now, which is wiping up <laughs> spit up off my shirt um, with a bib because I don't have any other anything else here and I don't want to get up from my desk. You know, things like that. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, being able to talk on the mic, uh, record an interview while doing this is uh, a skill in and of itself that you only yeah. get by doing it a lot. <laughs> what you're doing right now <laughs> <laughs> um it's all down there too okay so uh i so i gotta ask how, how did your family well let's start with the uh the whole like i'm dropping out of school at 16 because I, I don't know in singapore do they i mean you i assume you go until you're about 18 right like in, in america yeah okay yeah. so how, how was the how did that go over um that actually took a year to convince my mom to let me drop out like, I first got the idea at 15, and it took basically a full year for me to convince her. Um, but, you know, I'm lucky in the sense that my mom's really supportive, and, you know, she's she's always been very supportive, and that's great. I think at some point she realized that forcing me to stay in school wouldn't, you know, wouldn't benefit me because I would just... You know, go through the motions. Right. Well, I guess you were getting really good grades then, right? So, like, you I mean, weren't... Getting, no, see, that's the thing, right? Like, I was in a good school, but... And I could have done much better in school. I was doing just enough to be on track to graduate. Hmm. Because that's all I cared about. Right? Like, I, I remember once having one of my teachers in school actually come to me and say you're getting B's right now and you're not putting in any effort, why don't you study a bit more and get A's? And in my head, I'm just like, I don't need A's. I don't care about this shit. <laughs> so I think my mom kind of realized that if she forced me to stay, you know, I would just kind of continue on that path of doing what I needed to do to get by. And it wasn't like I wanted to drop out of school and slack around and do nothing. I wanted to leave because I was getting restless and I felt like I could do more on my own and explore on my own. So just for a frame of reference, what year was that? Um, so there's equivalents in the States with... Oh, that's right. Had, you have different year or... Slight... You're grade 12 at 18, right? 
So the equivalent would be about like grade nine or ten. I think oh. at the end of grade ten. Right, right, right. Uh, no, but I meant like actual year. Like, was it two thousand? Uh, that was uh, two thousand and six. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's been so it's definitely been a while since then. So and you seem to have turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's been an interesting journey for sure. And to be honest, like leaving school at that point was one of the best decisions I've made. Like I would not change that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it works out as long as you're, you know, self self-employed because otherwise you, you I mean, I don't know what your equivalent to a high school diploma is, but um generally that's a pretty bare minimum thing that people expect when getting any kind of job at this point. Yeah. So I mean, like I took the SATs, I took the the A levels, which is the kind of British equivalent to the high school thing mm-hmm. as a private candidate. But you know, beyond that, like you know, I worked at a marketing agency for uh, for a while, a couple of years ago, and right, the thing about it that people don't really realize, right, is if you leave school, right, if you leave school and you spend your two to four years doing nothing, then obviously you're going to be behind, right? But if you leave school and you spend that two years working on shit, you know, building projects. In today's world, there's so many projects that you can do on your own that you don't need to get paid for or whatever, right? You just do free work, build a portfolio. At the end of the two years, companies are going to look at you as someone with a portfolio of two years of experience of doing shit versus someone who spent the two years getting a GED and you're not actually particularly behind in that you know, in that comparison. Right. You're showing, you know, and you're showing drive on top of that, you know, because yeah. I mean, even like the best students who go to school, um, if school is easy for them and they get A's, then what did they really accomplish? Yeah. Like if, if it was that easy for them, it, then they didn't really, you know what I mean? They didn't really like challenge themselves or, or do yeah, something that's, that's like, like out of the, the norm because all they had was, wasn't was inside the school and uh, you know i've talked to um quite a few kids about this um some of the kids that have been on uh like a show called master chef junior uh about yeah. this idea that like the kids of today and even in 2006 because uh youtube is just getting started um they have this hum- huge opportunity to learn anything that that piques their interest to the level of yeah, mastership definitely. you know they don't have to know somebody who uh can teach them how to do you know, be a chef or be a computer programmer or find, you know, to have someone take them to get a book, but you know, they can actually watch a video from their house, you know, from their house for free, you know, virtually for free, uh, thanks to the internet and, and cheap devices. So, um, it's, it's, it's an incredible time to, to be alive, to not have to necessarily do the school thing, uh, to learn, you know, what the skills needed to, to advance your life. Yeah. Like that's never, there's never been a better time to pursue your passions and do what you love. You now that's one of my regular, you know, the things I tell people all the time. <laughs> so, Derek, what would you say has been the biggest roadblock for you amongst all the the awesome things that you've uh, had the pleasure of doing? Honestly, the biggest roadblock is probably more mental than anything. Else. <laughs> oh no no no. <laughs> Being, no, it's it's, the, I'm sorry, it's more mental being so like yourself, yeah. you would you say? 
yeah, you know, it's the like even for me, right? You know, there are times when I feel like I've done so much more than ninety five percent of my peers, and there are other times where you know every once a month or once every couple of months or maybe even once every couple of weeks, where I feel like I am such a failure at life, and I've screwed up so much, and like you know that when you are doing stuff that you connect with and care about and you're putting yourself out there there's so much more risk you know it means so much more to you and it's you know so much easier for you to feel like you're screwing up and you know that's the biggest challenge right? to not let that get to you Hey, I, I can tell you plenty of times I was on the couch in the in a late afternoon just not having the energy or the want or the desire to want to get up and go do anything else um, than just yeah. sit on the couch and binge watch something because uh, or try to just pretend to take a nap because, uh, you know, it, you have your great days and you have your not so great days. And um, it's it's tough to to ride that wave especially if you're by yourself i mean if you have a partner that's one thing that you can hold each other up hopefully you're you and your partner are positive enough um forces that you can you, you know do that where you you can hold each other up versus like just being by yourself in a in a, especially if you're doing something where nobody else understands what the heck you're even doing anyway they don't see your vision and most people won't see your vision because they don't have the vision that you have because that's why it's your vision in the first place. So, you, you know, having the confidence to do it, but at the same time, even having the confidence, like that doubt still comes in. Even if you don't have somebody beating you up about it, it, it still comes into play and you have to be able yeah. to, to deal with it head on. Yeah, you know, that doubt is pretty much always there, right? And, you know, you talk about having the confidence to do it, right? And part of that is just, you know, confidence comes through practice and you know, and through having small victories, right? So just taking small steps and acknowledging the things you do well. But it's it's a tough process, man. And you know that self doubt and worrying about am I good enough? It's the biggest challenge. Right? Passion blueprints, doing this thing where I'm you know, in the space of helping people do what they love. That's something I've been wanting to do for five years. And for the past like four to five years, I've convinced myself that you know, I'm not good enough. There's so many other people in the space. You know, I have nothing valuable to add. And you know, it, I think I'm pretty good at doing the things that scare me, but... This one still took a bunch of time to get over. Well, it, it's what you need to understand, and and what you know, people that want, that have a desire to want to um, do what it is that they want to do. Uh, have to understand is that nobody has the experience that you have. I mean, two people could go through the same exact same exact experience, like a, like two brothers or a brother and sister or two sisters could go through the same exact experiences, experience the same exact things, um, build the same exact company, and do all those awesome things. And and you know what? You're both going to come back and have totally different if, uh, insight in into it and have your own spin uh, as to how how things are or should be or how how it works for you. Um, yeah, definitely. 
so it's you know you you have to to be willing and big enough to own that and then you can help other people that that feel the same way because while you don't have the same exact blueprint that everybody else has of like their life um and the experiences that they've had you have some level of you know some pieces of it here and there that enough that they can connect and 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 uh, hone in on to take that to the next level so i i uh i can appreciate having that um, that fear of like, well, there's everybody else doing it. Why should I bother doing it? And and in some cases, that's that may be true. It's it's up to you to decide if you have the passion enough to 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 be able to break through that wall, that self imposed wall. Yeah, you know that's you know that's actually the exact realization that made me push through to do this. That after a while, you realize that your voice is unique, and like it's about. You know, people will be drawn to your individual unique story and perspective, and no one else can duplicate that. And that's also why, like, I hate all these personal development, like, articles of, I'm sure you've seen, right, these, like, five habits every successful entrepreneur has. Like, those things annoy me to no end. It's five ways to get you to click on something is what it, what it really <laughs> should just say. Um, because yeah. everybody else is more successful than you, no matter how high up you are. There's always going to be somebody that's more successful, and it depends on how you define success. You know, yeah, success like, for me is being able to sit here in shorts and a workout shirt and hold Ava, my daughter, and and be able to just talk to people and have have relationships at the same time is not leaving my house. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, what works for them might not work for you, right? And so many people see these articles and think, I need to do these things. Right, like one of the my biggest pet peeves is this thing about waking up early. Right, there's so many things now of like, you know, why every successful person wakes up at five a.m. or whatever, and like that's just not actually for everyone. And people see these articles and think I should do that myself, and that's not always true. Right, and, like, no, it's, it's not. It's not. It works for you then don't do it. It doesn't hurt to give it a shot, right? Because you might not know what it works for you if you've never tried anything in the first place. Um, but yeah, no, you got to figure out ultimately what works for you, what's important to you and, and how, um, you know, if waking up early, I never used to wake up early, but now I do because Ava wakes up at 6 a.m. and yeah. she doesn't want to go back to sleep. So, it, you know, and, and even with that said, she might have woke up at 4 and 2 and 12 <laughs> and it took like 40 minutes to go back to sleep so i'm working on very little sleep good sleep positive sleep um so it's you know it's really up to to you and now i have to go to sleep early because i'm exhausted not because i want to <laughs> yeah, so about figuring out what works for you right yeah and, yeah you know, that's actually one of the biggest things i learned from the poker world where if you go on poker like discussion forums you know when people ask about you know, people discuss gameplay, like strategy for different hands. Like someone will post a hand and be like, what should I do in this situation? And you realize that 90% of the answer is, it depends. <laughs> it's not like such a huge cop-out, but it's so true. Right? It depends on who you're up against. It depends on how you've been playing so far that day. It depends on a million things that no one else in the world can tell you about your situation. 
and that's true of you know life in general yeah i would totally agree everything you know you have to be able to see things from multiple perspectives and um just you know every situation isn't identical to everything else so yeah it's it really is it depends it depends on the cards and the money and all that um yeah. Derek, what was your childhood dream growing up uh, growing up i i was a huge computer geek i dreamed of being like a programmer who was your favorite yeah, programmer did you have like an idol jobs. oh steve jobs okay like, yeah, Jobs and then Wozniak when I got a bit older. <laughs> uh, I was all about uh, John Carmack and uh, yeah. and um, uh, Will Wright. They were they were my guys. Yeah. Um, no, that's also so I could definitely identify with that. <laughs> Derek, what are your dreams for the future looking like? Um, right now, honestly, I don't. <laughs> I don't particularly look far ahead into the future. Like, I tend to not look beyond, like, you know, three, three to six months in the future. Just because, like, I feel like life changes so quickly. Ava agrees. I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I tend to just be like, you know, focus on doing what's right for me in this moment. And, you know, just kind of as a series of projects almost. Right? So right now... The focus is building Ashman Lupin. The line of something. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No worries. Well, three, so three months in. Um, so you, you, know, you don't even like to look three months out? Like, well, like three to six months is probably like as far as I look in general. And so, you know, for now, the goal for that is Passion Blueprint, building that. You know, building that up, creating as much change as I can with that. On a personal level, you know, I have a bunch of things, like projects, right, that I want to do in the next, you know, two to five years. And I want to do something in the culinary, culinary world, like open a restaurant or something. So I've actually been doing an internship, like a part-time two-day-a-week internship at my favorite restaurant in Singapore over the past month just to get experience in that world. I want to do something in songwriting. Like, you know, I want to spend, at some point when things are more stable, I want to spend six months, you know, focusing on music, songwriting, six months to get a song published is the goal. Right? So I have projects like that in my head, but it's always just, you know, a series of projects, figuring out which project is the best fit for me right now. And putting myself in the best position to take advantage of whatever opportunities come my way. Because I, you know, life changes so quickly. It does. It really does. And I, I could totally uh, sympathize with that. That's why I use Evernote to write down. Like I, I start flushing out ideas and then I come back to them later because I have a lot of things that I'd like to do too. And, and it's not always, uh, not always possible in the, the here and now. Cause sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, money does have to take the, the front seat instead of the, 
the backseat for for creativity and being able to do things. So I, I mean, owning a restaurant, man, I would never want to own a restaurant um, personally, just because I I understand what goes into making that you know making a successful restaurant happen. Yeah, I mean, anybody can have a restaurant, but you won't have a restaurant for very long unless you just like to lose a lot of money. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. tough. Uh, it's a it's a tough gig, but. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I could definitely appreciate all of that. So, uh, before we share how people can connect with you one, one last time and how people can get the podcast and all that, uh, could you, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Um, just, well, just in general, I think, right. I think I want to bring across the importance of doing the things that scare you. Right. And really just doing it one small step at a time. And a lot of times we have these big dreams that you know look really daunting and scary. But if you really you know, if you break it down, focus on the next first tiniest step you can take and just focus on that and then take the next step and the next step. And that's how you get to your dreams, because right? you know confidence comes through small victories, and that's how you're gonna gain the confidence to do more and more that scares you. I would agree. I've learned that uh, tenfold since Avis got here and watching her try to figure <laughs> out. Like, you know, one of the things I I think I talked about this in in a previous episode about you know when when she was first looking at her hands to figure out how her hands work and that that they're hairs and that she can control them um you know no one's like running up to her and smacking her hands and saying no 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 people have already figured that out like they've already done that you don't need to figure yeah. it out let somebody else do it for you um you know it's, it's things like that going back to that like every you know we all start from nothing and someone has to show us how to use a toilet so um <laughs> it's yeah. you know it's it's just not to not be afraid to uh to make those steps and reach out for those things that you you want it's just like she's staring at this microphone oh now she's touching it see you gotta be you gotta be uh afraid to or not afraid not afraid to reach out for the things that you want hopefully they're not hot or electric or will electrocute you or something yeah, um but you know even if it does hurt you that's how you learn, you learn yep <laughs> Derek, please share how people can connect with you online yeah so you can find my podcast at passionblueprints.com and you, know, you can connect with me personally my personal blog is at derekqua.com and you know all my social media handles are basically derekqua and you know you can find all that info at derekqua.com as well and, and qua is spelled k-w-a yep awesome Awesome, awesome. I will definitely have that all in the show notes so people can connect with you. Derek, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, at midnight, your time, now almost getting close to 1 a.m., uh, your time and 12, almost 1 o'clock my time, to uh, to be on the show and to uh, put up with, with Ava's first interview. It's a, it's a, I know she's honored to uh, to be here uh, for her first Yeah, I was glad time. to be here, man. Thanks for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. You're very welcome. I, I'd love to have you on again sometime in the, in the future. Maybe we talk about your restaurant and uh, how that's going and, and how, every, how the podcast is going and just catch up and see how things have been going. Yeah, sure. Feel free to hit me up whenever, man. Awesome. Thank you very much, Derek. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.